how about this side? Good morning, Exchange Church. Very good, very good. You guys were the loudest, uh, and second was our online congregation, and third was you guys. Uh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm glad you guys are doing good. Oh, man, what a great, great time of worship we just encountered together. I'm tempted to just, just call it a day, but I have such a good word. Can you guys settle in for 20 minutes? 25? Let's put, let's put 25 minutes on the clock, um, and I will, I will stay under that time. If you, if you were all in during these 25 minutes, I will make a guarantee to you that I will watch that clock. Okay? And I'll stop at 25. I, I, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Empower me, Lord. I, I'm in a series, we, we are in a series called The Characters of Christmas, and it began last week, and my wife did an amazing job uh, teaching on uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah. I was watching from home. I was, it was nice to be part of the live stream crowd, um, just not nice to be sick. Uh, so I was able to watch from home. Uh, Carrie did phenomenal, and I'm excited to take you into part two today. Our text is in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Please stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word today. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel, so the oil ceased. And we learn in scripture that she took all of the oil from all of the vessels. She sold them, paid all of her debts, and was able to keep her family intact. I haven't yet settled on the title of this sermon. Maybe I'll tell you by the end but it's something about a box. Father, we come before you. In Jesus' name, I thank you for uh, all that you're doing in this service. I thank you for the Spirit of God that is here to rightly divide the Word of God into our own circumstances, into our need. God, I ask that you would let the word of Jesus come alive to us today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let the church say, amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you, Chad. Thank you for the encore. 
my notes my notes say keys end, but I failed to say I'm praying. So you follow you follow directions so well, um, but I'm that's my fault. You know the text that we just read. There is a a woman whose husband died, and she owes money, and the debtor is coming to either collect the money or collect her sons, because in that time, uh, if you owed money and you failed to pay, the creditor had the right to take your offspring, your legacy, the next generation, into indentured servitude, and they would become slaves to pay the debt. And that's what's happening in this story. But the miracle of this story is dependent upon God having available vessels. Do you hear me? He, he said, go look for vessels and not a few. In other words, if you've only got two jars, go knock on your neighbor's door. Ask them how many vessels they have. Gather all of their vessels. Knock on your other neighbor. Go across the street. Ask them how many vessels they have. Gather all the vessels that you can find and not a few. And so many times, you know, we say, God, I need a miracle. But God's not the problem here. The oil is not the problem. Are you, are you awake? Are you with me? Are you, heaven's not the issue. Heaven's not trying to save up enough to meet your miracle need. When we need something from heaven, God is saying, go get a vessel or two, or not a few. The oil is not the problem. Heaven's not the problem. The problem is... Can he find a vessel here on earth to birth the miracles that he wants to birth? The prophet asked the woman, what do you have in your house? What do you have in your house? Do you have anything in your house that God can use to bring a miracle? Our homes, church, should be homes of prayer, houses of prayer. God will use prayer to birth miracles in our home. Is your home a house of prayer? Is our home a place where the Bible is studied? Notice I didn't say read. I'm not, and I'm not trying to bring any condemnation here, but I want you to walk in victory and to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Is our Bible studied in our home? Now listen, I've, I've got the plaques too. The, the awesome things on wood with handwriting, word art. As for me, in my house, we will serve the Lord. Anybody? Anybody got a little Jeremiah 29 11 going on? For God knows the plans. Do you know what I mean? In your, in your lavatory, as people are going to the bathroom, they can read God's promises. I've got, I've got a plaque on my desk that says, it is well with my soul. And there have been plenty of times I've sat in that chair and it was not well with my soul. Listen, our sanctified decor won't change the course of our families. Our baptized picture frames won't get your kid off drugs. 
the, the catchy sayings and the things that remind us of the goodness of God. Yes, he's good. That's, that's not changing. That will never change. But all, all of the little stuff that we put as, as remembrances of how good he is won't change your tomorrow. What we got to do is sit down at the table with the living word of God that has the power and the capacity to change our today and our tomorrow. Don't just remember how good he was yesterday. He, and he was good. And we should remember. But there is something about the living word of God when it is read, when you've got a kid being disobedient, and I've done it. I won't tell you which of the five. You've got a kid that is not just, you know, being difficult, but your soul is grieved because you know the enemy is after them. And you walk into their room when they're sleeping and you just begin to pray. And you read scripture over them. I've done it. Standing in the dark and they never woke. And you just keep praying. Now there was once I got a little excited and I woke them up. (laughs) Because uh, I felt like some things just needed to be kicked out of the room. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't mean the kid. I meant what the kid was. Anyway. The word art is awesome, but the reality is you've got to look around and ask, what do you have in your hands? What's in, in your house? Too many of us are begging God for a miracle, and it's already locked up inside of you somewhere. Somewhere that joy is there. I know you don't see it, and you don't sense it, and you don't feel it. All you feel is the weight and the depression, but I'm here to let you know that it's already been done. It is finished. It's been done. Everything that you need has already been established for you. What's in your home? What's in your home? It's either hosting the presence of God or it's hindering the presence of God. The atmosphere that you are in charge of in your home is either hosting the presence of God or it's stifling the presence of God. And the key to this miracle was When the woman said, all I've got is a little jar of oil, the prophet understood in that moment that what she considered to be insignificant, God would use to birth a miracle. God's not looking for all your money. He's not looking for your education. He's not looking for your status, your influence. He's looking for the vessel, the the entire vessel, your whole heart, Gather vessels and not a few. Here's the cool thing, Chad, about this story. The woman got to determine the size of her miracle. You ever think about that? Gather the vessels, not a few. It was up to her to collect the vessels that the oil was going to flow into. The oil flowed as long as there was a vessel to contain it. If she had gathered a few vessels, she would have had a small miracle. If she had gathered more vessels or huge vessels or a lot of vessels, she would have had more oil, more breakthrough, more more miracle. Are you with me? She got to determine the level of breakthrough, the level of miracle that she would experience. And God says, sometimes we, we say, God, I need you to do something for me. I need you to heal my marriage. I need you to heal my... Heal my kids. I need you to heal my finances. And and God is just saying, 
go get me a vessel. And we come back to him and we give him a, a pint-sized vessel. We came to him with a mountain-sized need. And he says, go get a vessel. And we come back with a, a pint-sized vessel. Just a small piece of our heart. I'll give you this much of my life, God, but I want a big miracle. I'll give you this corner of my heart. I'll, I'll give you this much of my habits during the week. I'll give you this much of my finances. I'll give you this much of my mental sanity or my thoughts or my time. But, but I need this miracle. Listen, the problem is never with the oil. Any miracle that you are asking from God, heaven is not wondering how to get it to you. There is no shortage of oil. There's only shortage of vessels. How big is your vessel? How big is your container. God says, the more you give me of your vessel, the more I can give you of my oil. The more you give me of your heart, the more I can give you of my presence. The more you give me of your attention, the more I can give you of my peace. The more you give me of conversation, the more I can download wisdom. How big is your vessel? The more you give him, the more he can give to you. And it's not tit for tat. He's not keeping score. It's simply a capacity issue. Because God is a good steward and he won't waste the oil. God wants the oil on the earth, but he won't pour gallon-sized oil into a thimble-sized vessel. He won't waste the oil. He'll, he'll fill to your vessel and then he'll move on to someone else with another vessel because this world needs the oil. There, there is no lack of oil, church. It's just a lack of vessels. She started pouring. Can you, can you imagine? She has just a small jar of oil and she starts pouring and the first vat fills up. I don't know how many she had. She had a, enough to pay a lifetime of debt. Filled it to the top. Hey, Johnny, bring me another vessel. Pours it. It's still pouring. This little jar goes on to a, a third vat and a, a fourth and a fifth. And, and she realizes it probably that it's, it's not running out. And uh, empty the milk jug. Let's fill the milk jug with this oil. It's more expensive than milk. And they fill the milk jug. This is my own interpretation of the scripture. And they fill everything in the house that, that will hold liquid and when the vessels were done the oil ceased the oil kept coming until the vessel was done and i'm excited actually to talk about oil today because you know what today is don't you hanukkah right we're on day what is it five six seven i guess seven because tomorrow is about an eighth day tonight and to tomorrow now hanukkah is kind of cool it's the only feast in the Bible that Jesus celebrated. Check it out, John chapter 10, verse 22. It's called the Feast of Dedication. I'm not here to preach about Hanukkah. I just think it's kind of cool because Hanukkah was established in the 2nd century B.C., so 200 years before Christ. Uh, the, the Greek Empire came in. You know, They destroyed the temple, and about 200 years, the Maccabees, 
family in the hills decides to revolt and take back the temple and and they rallied the jews the israelites and and they feel like that god is on their side because just a handful of people are conquering massive armies this is this is verifiable history read josephus and they they light in the temple they're they're going to build the second temple, and they light in the temple the menorah, the, the candlestick, right? And it used oil, but they only had enough oil for one day. Now, they hadn't really heard from God in, in a long time. The days of the prophets were somewhat gone, and they had felt like God was somewhat silent. There was a period of silence there, and they light the oil. And the oil that should have lasted one day lasted the full eight days, now, that was, a, that was a miracle to them, and, and the Jews believed that was God's sign to them uh, that he was still watching them, he was still present. And I just think it's funny that in John chapter 10, the, the feast that they celebrate and talk about God, it's, talked, it, it's shown in the New Testament where Jesus is claiming that he is the Messiah. He is the light of the world. He is the oil that will never run dry. He is the sustenance that you need for your miracle. You know, in Hanukkah, they, they celebrate the oil. They don't understand that the oil is already here. The oil is already available. Heaven is not the problem. The problem is available vessels. The container is just as important as the product, by the way. The container is just as important as the product, Boxes are important, bags are important, containers are important. I remember when Austin whew, went to the no-bag policy at shopping grocery stores. Does anyone remember that? Oh. And I, I really just love God's creation. I really do, and I'm all for it. We recycle. I'm all for it. I love the environment. I, I, I love trees. I love whales all the things that people create groups to save. I love those things. Um, but what I don't love is a no-bag policy <laughs> in Austin. Because I went to HEB in Pflugerville. Well, I thought it was Pflugerville, but after I got a cartload of groceries, I realized it was Austin. <laughs> I, had to I felt like I was at Sam's without the convenience of the bulk items. I was getting a thousand toothbrushes into my car. It was just absolutely ridiculous. And so I know now I don't stop at that HEB unless I'm getting two things. If I can carry it with these two hands, I'll stop at that HEB. God bless you. Wish you well. But anything three plus, I'm going into Pflugerville because I need me some plastic bags. And guess what? I recycle. I use them as bathroom trash bags. Right? And uh, bags are important. Containers are just as important as the product when you're trying to carry that paste picani sauce to the car with all, all this other stuff, and it falls. I know, paste is so 90s, right? But it's still on the shelf. It's surviving. You're carrying paste picani sauce. Now I like the, this is really off topic, and I'm, oh, I made a promise I got to keep. But the roasted, green roasted salsa verde, Imagine that in your hands and it falls and it shatters on the concrete. That's, that's when you understand the value of a bag. Do you know what I mean? 
Con containers matter. Somebody said, I sure wish I had some coffee. Do you really? Do you want coffee or do you want a cup of coffee? There is a difference. Imagine, imagine ordering uh, a pizza from Mr. Gaddy's. Mr. Gaddy's Pizza, and they show up at your doorstep. You've ordered a, a pepperoni pizza, and, and you're excited to eat it, and you are starving. <laughs> and they, thank you. Thank you. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, yes. And thank you. Thank you. And you wonder, where's the box? Like, I, I ordered pizza. But I didn't intend to get it this way. Right? Are you with me? Containers <laughs> matter. Containers really do matter. And you have to ask, where's the box? You can have the greatest product in the world. You can have the greatest. I got to swallow this because now I feel rude eating with food in my mouth. I mean, talking. <laughs> you can have the greatest product in the world. But if you don't have it packaged right, if there's not a box, there's a problem. You're getting, you're getting uh, grease on your carpet. You're getting potentially dog hair in your food, dirt in your food. You're, it, it's making a mess. And you know, I, I got this box, and this box was free. Shout out to Mr. Gaddy's. The best pizza in town. That's their slogan, I think. And uh, the, the box was free. I, I got it for no charge at all. I would imagine that it cost the company a few nickels to make. Maybe. Maybe 10 cents. Maybe 15 cents. That's just my guess. It's not the box that gives value to the product. It's the product that gives value to the box. Even though the box cost pennies, even though it cost pennies, when it has a product in it, it becomes valuable. God's looking for a box. He's looking for a jar. He's looking for a bag. He's looking for somebody that will say, yes, I want to carry the oil. He's looking for a vessel, and I know my immediate thought is just what you're probably thinking. Trey, look around at all the vessels in the room. Look at all the vessels in Austin, Texas. Look at all the vessels in America. Look at all the vessels in the world. If it was just a vessel that God needed, we'd be set. The problem is God needs a box that is clean and empty. Uh, this, this is not a performance-based sermon. I'm not trying to tell you how dirty you are and you've got to clean yourself up to be used by God. That's, maybe, maybe I could use different words than, than clean and empty. Maybe I could say purposed and available. You ever seen one of those 
claw foot bathtubs, really beautiful, in a front yard with dirt and flowers. It's really cool, right? But it's misappropriated. It's a bathtub being used out of purpose. God is, is looking for a vessel who's willing to step into purpose. Not be in the front yard holding flowers, looking good, looking unique, looking clever. He's looking for somebody who was designed for the size pizza that he's trying to put into the box. Are you, are you following me this morning? He, he's looking for somebody who understands the value in being accessible. God says, I've got the oil, I've got the dream, I've got the vision, I want to put it into you. I've got the miracle that you need. My problem is that I can't find any available boxes. I can't find any vessels that want to be fully used. Do you know what I mean? Fully used is like when God takes over and you actually show up to every time the doors are open at church because God has got a hold on you and you just can't not be there. Do you know what I mean? Like when, when God has a hold on you and you're so radical, you're witnessing to everyone and your family thinks you're nuts, but man, Jesus pulled you from that life and no one knows more than you what he's done for you and you can't keep it quiet like God needs some vessels who are willing to be broken for him broken for him purposed for him available for him inconvenienced for him for 42 generations God searched for a vessel. And he found a young Jewish girl named Mary. And somehow, the God of the universe fit all of his majesty into the, the toes and the fingers and the hands and the eyes of an eight-pound baby boy. Because for God to give dominion to a spirit on earth, it had to come in the form of dirt, flesh. Did you know that? God had to, to give dominion to Jesus, had to send Jesus in fleshly form. Adam was first given dominion, and he relinquished dominion. But God plays by his own rules. And to get dominion back, he had to send a spirit into the world clothed in flesh to win back the dominion. The enemy thought when that vessel was nailed to the tree and laid in the grave that it had won. You see, the enemy hates your body. Can I just, can I, oh, I'm a minute over. Can I have four? Satan is not scared of the oil. No, 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 no. Satan doesn't even try to play with the oil because he knows that he can't defeat the oil. Does that make sense? 
his target then, if he understands that the oil must flow into a vessel to reach this earth, his target can't be the oil, so it becomes the vessel. Woo! We see in Genesis chapter 3 that the flesh became his target. And ever since then, the flesh has been his target. It's why in Genesis we know that Noah built an ark because the flesh had been corrupted. God needed a pure bloodline of humanity, flooded the earth. We, we see in the Canaanites when they took out entire populations of people, it wasn't because God was trying to be difficult. It's because sons of God came into daughters of men. The DNA became changed because Satan is always after the flesh. He wants to destroy the vessel that contains the oil. You can look around now. I don't, I don't care how you vote. If you read your Bible, you know one thing. Flesh is under attack by the enemy. Men who don't understand their identity in Christ, women who don't understand their identity in Christ, marriage, two shall become one. Flesh has never in history been attacked as it is right now by forces of darkness. Why? Because when we get married, we create yet another vessel for the oil to flow. And the enemy is after flesh. He wants to distort our concept of flesh, our concept of humanity, what it even means to be human, which really is simply spirit in dirt. So Jesus left the box and he went to Hades to hold a little revival and he preached in the place of the dead actually brought people back with him back to life you, you know why well I, I, I can't can't do it Trey you can't do it he had to bring people back with him because the rules of the harvest Ooh, you study the harvest and everything just comes alive in scripture. He had, he had to bring back the gleanings. So people who had died and were in Sheol, the place of the dead. When Jesus rose, you remember scripture said they saw people walking around in the town? People came back to life, not in their resurrected body. They came to, back to life in their real body. And, and they were going to have to die again. But this time with the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So they wouldn't go into Sheol. They would go into heaven because Jesus will have paid the price for them. So Jesus preaches the revival in Sheol, and he talks to all the, the prophets and the saints, and he brings people back, and he sends people to heaven, and he raises, I uh, just imagine his spirit laying down in the tomb. Like, his spirit is doing all this stuff, and he's done. He said, it is finished, not I am finished. It is finished. And he walks back to that shell of a body. And you see him lay back down. And his spirit realigns with his flesh. And an earthquake happens. The Bible says there was so much nuclear force at the resurrection of Jesus Christ that the foundations of the world shook. And he rose up from the grave 
spirit, soul, mind, and body. Listen, Satan is so defeated. Jesus has the keys to, to death, hell, and the grave. Satan is so defeated, he don't even have the keys to his own house. But yet, you've allowed him to imprison you in chains. And I hear some chains falling this morning. Will you stand to your feet? I, man. The next time I preach the second half of this sermon, you're going to love what I got. It's incredible. But for today, I want just a point of, point of action, a point of faith. Maybe you're here and, and you say, Pastor Trey, I, this all makes sense to me. And I don't know that I'm a worthy vessel, but I'm ready to be an available one. If that's you, will you just wave at me? I don't know if I'm a worthy one, but I'm ready to be an available one. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, I know that heaven is looking for vessels to pour in your oil. We say yes to you, God. We say yes to you, God. God, it's not on us to get clean. It's on us to get surrendered. It's on us to make room. It's on us to unlock the closet doors, every pantry and cabinet and, and space that we have said was off limits for correction from you, God. It's just up to us to be an empty vessel. Empty vessel. God, we say yes to you today. We say yes to you today. God, let us be found as a vessel that you can use. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Can you give it up for Jesus this morning? Amen.